Welcome to Hotline Weekend, your ultimate weekend getaway for nonstop excitement and entertainment. Join us every week as we bring you Metro News Hotline's most popular features, engaging interviews, and thrilling games. Kick back, relax, and relive the highlights of our most talked about segments. Hotline Weekend, your ultimate dose of fun and unforgettable moments. Metro News Hotline. Dave Bryan from Steeler Depot is here. Hey, Dave, let me ask you a question right off the top. I mean, when the Steelers play a Monday night game, what time's your head hit the pillow? Uh, Let's see. Last night it was about 2 a.m. Well, but you're in Vegas, right? So... Right, so that's uh, 5 a.m. your your time. (laughs) So so that makes for a long night for you. Yeah, and I was up at 3.50. Ah, there you go. There you go. Well, I told Coop last night at the end of the show, I go, man, what I don't... I don't expect to be in a real good mood today, but I'm kind of in a good mood. I mean, the Steelers won the game. We've got some issues like every other team, but a win's a win, right? It's a good thing ugly wins count, right? Yeah, you uh, got that right. You know, and they always should. Uh, and look, I mean, as bad as everything, what did we watch last night? Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, look, you come out of that, you're one and one. You're actually technically in second place now in the AFC North. And offense obviously hasn't played good in two games. Now, your defense obviously provided you big splash plays and, and, and two touchdowns. And Boswell, you know, had a good day with some long kicks in this game. Uh, but there are some concerns. And look, you know, you 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 now go back on the road for the next couple of games, and you go out to out in my neck of the woods out here in Las Vegas. Right. And the, the Steelers have not had a lot of success against the Raiders on the road in recent memory, and you're still looking your lick, licking your wounds trying to figure out what's wrong with this offense and 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 Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. So uh, it does feel you know. Look, take today, enjoy the one and one. Uh, and the win over the Browns, because that's always important being in, divi- in, in the division there. But uh, this this team's got some issues they got to fix. You know, my spidey senses get all tingly when the Steelers get ready to play the Raiders, uh, because traditionally that is uh, one of our most difficult opponents. Well, well, the last time the Steelers played the Raiders, was that the Terrell Pryor long touchdown run game? Uh, out there? Yeah. Or, or away? Out I'm there, to- in Oakland. Uh, I can't remember if they had one since then or not, okay. Dave. I'm, I'm a little foggy in the head here, but uh, <laughs> well, so uh, you didn't I, have any sleep look, last night. Yeah, I do. I do remember, however, that run by prior that 90-something yard run, and you know, obviously, Paul Amala was part of that team. Yep. Uh, uh, Ryan Clark was 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 part of that team uh, as well. So, uh, look, overall, in fact, I don't think Mike. No, no, no. Wait, the last game was that X-ray machine thing with Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, wasn't it? you're right. Yes, you are. You are right. Hey, on the game last night, a couple quick things. You know, at this point, don't you think that Najee and Jalen Warren are going to have to share carries? I mean, Warren has just looked so much better for whatever reason. Yeah, look, uh, uh, Warren, I think, is going to – and Mike Tomlin addressed that today and say, you know, Warren's you know, represented himself well. Now, without a doubt, Warren played a good game yesterday, uh, but he did have a crucial uh, mental error when it came to a pass protection error that yes. that, uh, that that got uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, uh, I think, on the ground on one of those times there. But uh, he is the more explosive guy. They were able to slip him out in one of those pass patterns there early in the game for, for a 30-something yard uh, reception. Uh, but look, I mean, this – 
It doesn't matter who you get back there carrying the football right now, right? They got to start blocking better. Oh. What, the, the identity of this 2023 Steelers team right now is they have no identity, and you're gonna have to you have to fix that. Remember all the talk about the bully ball and uh, how this team was gonna have an identity running the football, and through two games right now. They just, they just can't run the football, and everything's going to play off of that. In the, pat, the only way the passing game is probably going to get a little bit better uh, is if you're able to start running the football better. So, they, you know, look, you, you better figure that out quick. All right, so Pickett last night, 15-30, to 30, 222, had a pick, uh, threw a touchdown pass to George Pickens. And for the people who were wondering about, you know, Pickens and social media and all that kind of stuff after the Niners game, I mean, he got 10 targets last night. So, I mean, Pickett was looking for Pickens. Yeah, he was. And obviously, Deontay Johnson missed that game with a hamstring injury. He's going to miss at least the next three games because he was placed on IR with it. You need your guys like that, your young guys to step up. Uh, what did he have? Uh, four catches, I think, in that game yep. for 100, 127 and a touchdown. Yep. Uh, look, as bad as Kenny Pickett did play in this game overall, I thought Kenny did a great job on that play in particular, uh, looking to his left and looking out, uh, looking off the safety, had the safety diving down low and vacate in the middle of the field, boom that linebacker out of the way as well too and doing so uh chasing that crossing pattern i think the fire move there so it wasn't like kenny pickett didn't make any plays at all they were just few and far between and look anytime you go 50 percent passing 15 of 30 for 222 yards you know that's 50 percent's not going to cut it obviously and uh, alex gazoras uh, had a stat this morning i don't know if you saw it on the site the last time this i think a steers quarterback back had that many over 30 attempts and had a 50 percent or, or, or lower completion percentage kit graham wow how's that for, uh, how's that for taking you back in wow. time and you obviously don't want to be compared to kent graham but uh back to your point there uh Pickett, they're, they're gonna have to rely on him they're gonna have to rely on calvin austin uh uh, uh move forward i thought calvin austin played a pretty good game overall didn't really register big in the box score one catch 10 yards but he blocked uh, real well on a couple of those situations out there on in in in, in space but uh yeah these next several games leading into a buy or at least until uh you get Deontay Johnson back. You're going to have to have more of those tight performances from George Pickens. All right, so Nick Chubb is out for the rest of the season. That's devastating for the Browns. Jerome Ford came in for uh, Cleveland. We shared, I think he had like 15 carries last week in the game with the Bengals. So he had 16 carries last night for 106 yards. And he had that one play where Minka Fitzpatrick chased him down and stopped him short of the goal line. The Browns eventually scored a touchdown there. Did Tomlin have any injury updates? How's Minka Fitzpatrick doing? And will he be able to play against the Raiders? Well, the good news is is uh, precautionary measures. They sent him to the hospital with that chest injury. Uh, he was back at the Steelers facility today uh, in a good place, so to speak, according to Mike Tomlin. Now, he didn't come right out and say that he's going to play against the Raiders. And obviously, this is a short week Sunday night game against the Raiders on the road. I guess we'll see. The first injury report uh, of, of this next week will uh, obviously be out tomorrow. I would expect Minka to be on on that injury report uh, overall. So I, I think it's just going to be kind of a wait and see, uh, uh, Dave, overall to see whether or not he can uh, – practice fully by the end of the week and then uh, play against the Raiders. But uh, obviously you're already down Cameron Hayward on the defensive side of football. It would be a big loss not to have Minka, but – 
I don't know if we got a good sense whether or not he will play by what what all Mike Tomlin said or really didn't say uh, today during his press conference. Well, I'm not expecting uh, the Steelers' defensive ends to score a touchdown each every week, but it happened last night, of course. So you had uh, Alex Highsmith at the beginning of the game had a pick six, and then T.J. Watt had a, a, a fumble recovery for a score. When you look at the tape right now, what are you seeing from Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb? I thought those guys played pretty well last night. I thought Holcomb played pretty good overall. I thought Alexander, uh, and, uh, you know, one trip through the All-22. I thought there were a couple of gap issues with okay. him, maybe a couple times, and 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 maybe another time or two trying to get up blocked. Look, you know, up front against the run. He, here's the big thing, uh, especially when Nick Chubb was in the game. Man, the yards after contact uh, they were getting. They couldn't get the ball carrier, uh, the running game. They couldn't stop that running game, even though they were kind of getting hits on those running backs within like a yard or two of the line of scrimmage. They couldn't bring them down. So uh, that's got to be their focus. I thought the, the, the pass defense as a whole was okay, especially when you got a pass rush like they had out of Highsmith and Watt in this game. Uh, I thought Holcomb was the better of the two between him and Alexander uh, last night. And I, I thought Landon Roberts was so-so in this game. But they have to focus on this running game. And they got to focus on the tackling because you got Josh Jacobs, who even though the Raiders didn't run the football that well against the Buffalo Bills, you know th- this is a team that's probably going to try to duplicate some of the things that the Browns did uh, on Monday night. So they got to fix the trenches up front there and their linebacker play. They got to start playing better against the run because these last two weeks they've given up. They're they're down in the bottom of the league yeah. when it comes to uh, rushing yardage allowed. You know, Steelers uh, got the benefit of a couple of calls in the game last night. It looked like there was a face mask call on Watson that was missed. And then the Joey Porter Jr. play at the end of the game, the fourth down play, the final offensive play for the Browns, that looked like interference. But, you know, now, it's one of those things where in a big physical football game, if you're expecting the referees to bail you out, um, most of the time on the road, that's not going to happen. Yeah, let them play, right? Especially in this, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, you can look at that. You could probably look at any contested catch, you yeah. know, for the most part like that and, and uh, you know, kind of wonder if him pass interference and all like that. Look, Joey Porter Jr., a couple big pass breakups in that game, right? He played 14 snaps on defense. That's double amount of snaps that he played against San Francisco. He's obviously playing in that dime defense right now. I think uh, if we learned anything about Joey Porter Jr. on Monday night is he's another step closer to becoming a starter. Now, when will that happen? I don't know. In my head, I'm kind of thinking maybe after the bye week, uh, uh, Dave. I don't think he'll start on this short week against the Raiders. I think he'll keep that same rotation in the dime, but uh, he's making strides, and he's uh, at some point he's going to be a starter this year. Hey, finally, you got about 90 seconds here. Uh, what does Pat Farmouth got to do? I mean, does he have to buy Matt Canada <laughs> a cake? Or, or, or You know, he's, he's on the team. you got to look for him. Man, two catches for five yards and a touchdown through two games. Who who had that on the bingo card yeah. already? Look, yeah, with Deontay Johnson's sideline, and obviously Deontay John, or uh, George Pickens going to get attention every week. You got to find a way to get this guy the ball, don't you? Yes, you do. Yeah, you absolutely do. Hey, but you know, a win's a win, and uh, now we'll see what happens when the Steelers go on the road. Dave, thanks for jumping on the show today. I do appreciate it. Have a good week. Get some sleep, brother. And we'll... right, uh, <laughs> go, go ahead. A, a quick update. I, I still don't see style points as a category on the uh, on the standing. So we're in good shape. here. Yeah, that's a really solid point. Get some sleep. We'll talk about the Steelers and the Raiders when I talk to you next Tuesday at four. Metro News Hotline. This is Hotline Weekend. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin. So let's get started. 
Coop, are you ready? Yeah, man, I think so. All right, pick one topic number one. If you follow me on Twitter last night, you probably saw my tweet about the debut of the uh, baseball documentary, The Saint of Second Chances. It debuted last night on Netflix, and it talks about the life of Mike Veck, the son of Bill Veck. And it's really, really interesting how they did this 90-minute documentary. It's, it's not too long. Charlie Day plays him in some flashbacks, and then Mike Veck plays his dad in other flashbacks. It's oh, really, interesting. Yeah. really interesting. The Saint of Second Chances. If you like baseball documentaries, the romanticism of baseball, I can't recommend this highly enough. It's really great. Coop, better sports documentary, The Last Dance or OJ Made in America? Better sports documentary, The Last Dance or OJ Made in America? Please pick one. There was something <clears throat> about the the OJ, the, the new OJ rebirth on its anniversary or whatever it was, where they did like the fictionalized TV show, then they did this documentary and stuff. I completely checked out on. I didn't care for it at all. Uh, you know, I lived it. You know, I was, I was you know, prime coop during the time of, uh, <laughs> of the Bronco chase and everything. My mom recorded every hour of that dang trial on, uh, on the court TV or whatever it was back in the day um i didn't watch a single i had no interest to watch anything about oj i didn't really care uh, last dance was good i i watched it i was late to the party but i did finally watch it and i thought it was pretty outstanding so i gotta go with last Dance. go with last dance yeah. all right so i saw this story and i wanted to tell tell it to chef paul earlier this week and we just ran out of town the outback when you think about the outback as a restaurant what country do you think is crazy for the outback uh, brazil Brazil accounts for 83%, 83% of all of the Outback's international business. Wow, I wouldn't have I knew it wasn't Australia, but uh, I thought it was probably the US. I, I'm surprised. They Brazil, love Brazil. the Outback in darn. Brazil. So, pick one uh, topic number 2 is better Outback appetizer. The bloomin' onion or the bacon and cheese fries? The bloomin' onion or the bacon and cheese fries, better Outback appetizer. It, please pick one. Although more places are starting to do a Bloomin' Onion type of thing. Uh, and look, uh, Bloomin' Onion is like you get it in front of me and I'd take like a little wedge. I mean, those things are heavy and, and large, but they're pretty unique to Outback, especially originally. And they have that Outback sauce that you dip them in that's kind of unique. Um, I like the Bloomin' Onion within reason. Bacon cheddar fries are good. There's nothing wrong with them, but there's a lot of places that order some, that have some version of that. And so I kind of consider uh, Outback as sort of the the OG of the uh, of the of the uh, uh, Bloomin' Onion, so I'm going to go with that. Okay, all right. So there's a great article by Jason Stark at the Athletic earlier this week where he makes a case, and it's really a solid case on this year's Atlanta Braves may be the best offensive baseball team ever. Full mm. stop. Right. It's a it's a really interesting case. So I took a look at some of that stuff, and so my question to you is. If you could go back in time and could buy a ticket to see these teams, great offensive baseball teams, the numbers stack up. We're talking about teams that scored uh, a thousand runs or more in a season. Which one would you rather watch? The 75 or 76 Cincinnati Reds or the the elite era of Babe Ruth with the Yankees, 1927 to 1931? Would you rather see the big red machine or Ruth's Yankees. Please pick one. 
I mean, I'm I'm by and far much more of a Reds fan than I would ever be a Yankees fan. However, although I wasn't prom coop during the big red days, you know, uh, uh, I kind of caught the tail end when I first became a baseball fan in the late 70s and early 80s. that being said, I've seen tons of highlights. I've listened to a lot of the games because you can find them on YouTube and you can mm-hmm. listen to them. I do that on road trips and stuff sometimes. There's media available for those like 27 Yankee teams and stuff like that, but not entire games. You can't sit there and watch the pace of the game. You can't hear anything. <laughs> I think because of the unique experience and just the legendary figures that, that were before my time that, that would be on the field, I would go with the, the, the Ruth Yankees, I think. I mean, there's just, I mean, just all of those guys that you would get a chance to see, uh, see play in real life or, or that you don't have the opportunity to. I think that's where I'd have to go. Yeah. I mean, when you find or somebody reveals like a Babe Ruth at bat in real time, it's unbelievable, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you know, and, and just seeing the guy like ground out to first base would be pretty interesting because you don't see anything like that. Yeah. You know, all you see is the home runs or, you know, occasional strikeout or something. You never see like just where the guy, I don't know, lined a double into left field for a couple of ribbies or something. I, I'd like to see that. All right. Um, um, I've got some new school, old school music. Uh, pick one topics for okay. you. So the Hollywood Reporter, uh, they've just launched something brand new. And I think this is going to be really, really popular for them. It's called the Hollywood Reporter 25 Platinum Players in Music. Okay. So they talk about the the top 25 figures in music in each particular year. So that is out there today. And it's it's a pretty interesting read. So let me ask you, who would you rather go see? And these are two members who are obviously on it. Who would you rather go see tonight, if you could? Beyonce or Taylor Swift? Beyonce or Taylor Swift? Please pick one. Um, man, I don't really know either of their music all that well. Um, I respect the heck out of both of them. Uh, but frankly, and they both often sing from perspectives that I just don't get. You know, I mean, uh, they're both sometimes perspective singers. But Taylor Swift is almost exclusively a, a perspective singer. I mean, almost everything she sings about is from her perspective, her life, which is great. I can't really identify it. Sometimes Beyonce just has a dance song. You know, she <laughs> right. just has a song that isn't really meant to be attached to anything. It's just a song. And I'm a little, I can get into those a little bit easier because I don't have to worry about like what, what the baggage is attached to it. Not that there's anything wrong with that with Taylor Swift, but I find myself disconnected from her music sometimes because it's so personal. And Beyonce's isn't all the time. So I think I actually be Beyonce. Okay. Okay. I don't, there's obviously no wrong yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when, you might more feel more comfortable in the classic rock genre. Of course. Okay. Yeah, right. So we're hearing now that there will be a new Jimi Hendrix live album coming out on November 10th. Jimi Hendrix Experience Hollywood Bowl Concert, August 18th, 1967. Okay. So they usually do a pretty good job with these releases, uh, these uh, posthumous Jimi Hendrix releases, so I'm sure I'll probably get that. But the, the pick one topic, pick one topic number five is better guitarist to see in concert. Steven Stills or Santana? Better guitarist to see in concert. Today? To play it any way you want. <laughs> play it any way you want. Santana or Stephen Stills. Both elite in this category. Stephen Stills might sing a few songs. True that. Um, I, I, he, all, all cards on the table. I know Santana's an incredible guitarist. Um, 
I don't listen to his music like ever. You know, uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, works that he came out, like the duets and stuff like that. You know, I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with some of his big his <clears throat> big work, but I couldn't sit here and rattle off a bunch of Santana music. I just couldn't. Stephen Seals is a little different. Maybe not necessarily from the guitar perspective all the time, but the guy was uh, was part of a lot of prolific groups. There was sure. a lot of music that I would recognize there. So I think it's got to be Stephen Seals for me. All right, what do you got for me? All right, let's start with this is uh, fresh off the presses. Uh, HBO and or what's now known as Max is adding a live sports tier to uh, to their lineup. So that's now they're adding a live sports tier, and that's after a massive influx of reality shows, pseudo documentaries, and things like that. And at the same time, axing many of their shows and offering much less prestige TV once an anchor of their brand. So pick one. Streaming services that offer a little bit of everything to give you a little taste of uh, of of, uh, of all different types of entertainment. Or the way it used to be, like just a few years ago, where you had the streaming services that specialized in certain types of entertainment. HBO was known for their great original uh, original shows and and movies. Now they've kind of gone away from that a little bit. Uh, which do you prefer? Pick one. I think I have to go with the first one. I got to have my games. Okay. Okay. I I got I got to got to got to have my games. I mean, so, aren't they anywhere for the most part? Well, from what I'm from what I'm seeing, some of this stuff that's going to be in this new Max package is going to be behind the wall, yeah, I and mean, it's going to cost like about ten bucks a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I miss like old HBO and uh, all those crap documentaries on there. But remember, terrible. HBO had uh, a classic HBO had boxing. Sure. Classic HBO had tennis. Um, they've always had a little bit of sports. Oh content. yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. First and ten, but they've gotten rid of so much of their of their prestige program. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, uh, uh, question number two: You need to win a college football game. You and your opponent are evenly matched. Very, very similar teams. Which of these two coaches do you want to give your pregame speech? Seven-time national title-winning head coach Nick Saban, or nine-time All-Pro and NFL Hall of Famer Coach Prime? I think the answer has to be Saban. Coach Prime's a great entertainer, but look at the body of work. We're looking at motivator here. Uh, well, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. At some point, um, Saban was an underdog, right? I mean, look at some of those games. He was uh, firing up uh, Sparty when he was at Michigan State. Seven titles, man. That's unbelievable, right? Yeah. So I, I think the answer has got to be Saban. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> Question number three. You're hungry. You're a stranger in a strange place, deep in America's center-cut heartland. From your desolate hotel, bathed rhythmically in the flashing red stoplight at the town's solitary intersection, there are two dingy restaurants you can choose from. Big Bertha's Seafood Cafe or Uncle Freight's chinese Buffet. Big Bertha's Seafood Cafe or Uncle Frank's chinese Buffet. Chinese-ish. Pick one from the heartland of America, far away from any coasts and any ethnicities at all. Pick one. Okay, I'm going to go with the Chinese joint. Okay, because there's going to be like soups going to be on that thing. Man, in the middle of the country, I don't, th- I don't see myself going to the seafood restaurant. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot of the Chinese food-ish, Chinese-ish food is going to be chicken-based. Yeah. True. Okay. True. So I'm going for the Chinese food. All right. All right. Question number four. That was a good one. 
<laughs> Question number four. You know, I was doing a little research, and both the uh, the Smiths and the Rolling Stones are pretty well known to be uh, difficult to open for. Not because they're necessarily difficult, because their fa- their fans are so dialed into exactly the kind of music that they that they provide. Um, James was w- once left the stage early when they were opening for the Smiths because the band just wasn't because the crowd just wasn't into the band. Prince was booed off the stage yeah. at a Rolling Stones concert. Uh-huh. Two bands difficult to open for. So which one would you least like to try to open for, the Smiths or the Stones? Well, I think the Smiths are the answer, uh, just because uh, of their catalog. Now, their fans are rabid. Their yeah, fans yeah. are rabid. But there are just more Stones fans. I mean, but here's the thing. I mean, if you saw the Smiths, it would probably be in an arena. If you're opening for the Stones, that's got to be in a stadium, yeah, that's right? True. That's true. But I think the answer is I would uh, rather not open for the Stones. For the Stones. Okay. All right. Final. Is this the final question? Yeah, the final question. Question number five. Which of these hotline pro wrestling guests would you choose as your tag partner? Oh, great. This is good. Is it the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, or Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express? <sighs> Man, it's got to be the million dollar man. It's got to be the million dollar man. Uh, as a guest on the show, he was a lot more entertaining. He might have been our the best one we've had yeah, on it. So he, he was a great interview. Ted DiBiase, uh, I, I got to go with him. There we did it. You know what? Do we have that interview? Is that in our archives? I'll have to find it. You know what? It may have been after we started uh, archiving everything permanently. I might be able to find it. I'll have to check it out. Oh, that was so good. All right, that's it for for Pick 1. We do it every Wednesday at 4.33. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 until 6. Syndicated over the air and online at wvmetronews.com. Let's get Abra Alhidi from CNET on the line. Hey, Abra, did you grow up in a small town? I grew up in a smaller college town, so I grew up in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. Oh, oh, man, I've been to Champaign a couple of times. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah my family's still there, so it's a good place to grow up. You know what? Um, I was in Mattoon one time. Oh, and yes. I, so I went to Mattoon, and I checked into the hotel, and I said, well, you know, where should I go for fun? And he says, well, Champaign's 75 miles away. You should go there. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. Did I, you enjoy it? I did. I did. And I Ooh. drove all the way from uh, from West Virginia all the way out to Mattoon and Charleston, oh. Illinois. Oh, uh, my gosh. Wow. Such a small world. I love that you've made it to my little pocket of, of uh, America. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit about, well, we have to do it. Let, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> Apple to start and iOS yeah. 17, the best features. What do you got? Yeah, I think I think the things that are going to be the biggest game changers are things like standby mode, which is really cool. What this does is it basically turns your phone into a smart display as long as you're charging it using MagSafe and on its side. Um, so you can see things like the time, the weather, widgets, photos. It's actually a, a pretty cool interface. I've played around with it a little bit. Um, I think the live voicemail feature is really cool because what that does is when somebody calls you and you're not able to answer right away, you'll see like a live automatic transcription of everything everything they're saying so you can know, oh, this this seems important. Maybe I should step out and take this. Um, and then the last thing uh, that I think is is fun is uh, it'll automatically transcribe any audio messages that you get in a, in a group chat. I've been saying that this will probably be used against me because I'm the kind of person who sends audio messages because I, I think I'm a storyteller and I, can, nice. I tell dramatic things in group text. People are probably just going to read a transcription now. So I'm just self-sabotaging at this point. You know what? Yeah. I have to tell you, um, one of the things I love about CNET is the the cheapskate newsletter. I get it. Do you get oh, it? Yes. 
I should because I I could definitely benefit from it. But I, I it's an amazing it's an amazing newsletter and resource for sure. It, if you're looking for details, yeah, it, it is really really great. So last week we spent a lot of time talking about iPhone 15, and if you got the newsletter today, they run down a whole host of places where you can grab like the iPhone 13 um for 140 bucks or maybe you want to get like the the next level down apple watch uh for like 190 dollars. there's a bunch of stuff over there woot's a good place to look but i, I yeah. you know i go to this uh newsletter i get it every day it's outstanding I'm so glad to hear that. No, it is great because, yeah, these tech releases are fun, but we're not always going to be dropping a few hundred or a thousand dollars on the latest gadget. But it's a great opportunity to be like, OK, well, what's the the, the um, earlier versions that I can get it at a good price? So I'm glad you find that useful. So Woot, for example, they've got a few iPhone 13 models. They've got the standard one for 550, the 13 Pro Max starting at seven hundred and fifty dollars. If you follow Apple phones, those are pretty good deals. They are really good deals because really, I mean, you're not going to get anything cheaper that's new than, you know, the starting price is going to be $800 for for the lowest tier. That's the standard uh, iPhone model. And the prices just keep climbing. And of course, they're going to say it's because it's the most powerful iPhone we've ever made. But, you know, our our pockets can still hurt. So it's good to find those deals. It's funny. Um, So the Apple Watch Series 9 or the Ultra 2, we talked about those briefly last week. Uh, at the Cheapskate uh, blog, they're they're offering Series Seven or Series Six starting at one hundred and ninety dollars. That's a good deal. That's a pretty it good is, deal. Yeah, and I think the watches in particular. I mean, especially when we're looking at the the Apple Watch Ultra versus the Ultra Two, which just came out. The the differences are so minimal. It's really oh, there's a brighter screen. Okay, but do you want to pay several hundred dollars more for a brighter screen? If no, then get last year's model. Yeah. You know, talking about <laughs> iOS seventeen. So I, I'm probably one of the last people on the planet who's who's nursing along the the iPhone six. And yeah. there is a couple of videos on YouTube where they say, hey, you shouldn't have updated. Uh, your iPhone 6 or your iPhone 6 Plus to some of these other iOSs, but you could do it to uh, um, iOS 17. I have to tell you, Abrar, when I see something like that, I'm thinking, you know, my phone's working just fine. I really don't need a brick. Yeah, and you're in luck, actually, because uh, your phone is not eligible for iOS 17 because (laughs) the the last compatible devices, the iPhone XS and XR, and it's true that if you have an older device and you're, you know, trying to add a newer software update, it's you're probably going to run into some issues. So you're, you have the right mindset there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. All right. Um, I'm trying to get on schedule. How many prime days do we have? (laughs) Too many. Right? We have uh, <laughs> we have one coming up. I know we just it feels like we just finished the big Prime Day, but there is one coming up next month on October 10th and 11th. And really, the purpose of this Prime Day they're calling it Prime Big Deal Days, which does not roll off the tongue. I'm not a fan of that name, but uh, the, the purpose of that day is to really l- allow you to get a head start on your holiday shopping, but also to hopefully entice you to buy an Amazon Prime membership. Um, but this is really Prime Day 2.0, and uh, it's a way for Amazon to clear out its warehouses before the holidays, and it's a way for you to to nab any deals if you really do want to get a jump start to the holidays because somehow we're almost there. Coop, do you do a lot of um, returns with Amazon? 
Um, only when I do the wardrobe thing where it's sort of structured that way. You don't pay for them until you, until yeah. you send them back. So I, I always use that for returns, and it's super easy. You can just basically throw them at the UPS guy. There, <laughs> there's a UPS store next to my house, and you just run in there, and you throw your stuff at them, and they automatically send it back. It's pretty. It's not much harder than that. It really is pretty easy. But to answer as far as other returns go, I had um, some uh, smart light bulbs that I ordered. They were the wrong kind. They sent me the right ones, and I had to return the other ones. I let them sit in my car for so long, they ended up charging me for <laughs> So <laughs> As easy as it is, sometimes I just forget. You know what? I had a phobia about returning anything to Amazon uh, because I, I got some records and it, it, it didn't work out. I just took them out to Kohl's. I mean, from where I live in South Charleston, you can just return to Kohl's. It, it couldn't have been easier. It's it, it's surprisingly easy. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, Abrar, that a lot of people return a lot more stuff than me because they're making yeah. they're making tons of money. Well, yeah. And that's honestly, it, that, that's the thing about Amazon is I can, I can bash anything all day related to them and, and how much influence they have over us, but they, they know how to win us over, right? So it's easy shipping, easy returns. Uh, the Kohl's drop off is great. Uh, that's great for my mom too. It's just a very simple process. Uh, even if you're not super tech savvy, but yeah, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. The other thing is about Amazon prime, man, you got to have it for the NFL. I mean, uh, these NFL Thursday night games, if you don't have Amazon Prime, you don't have access to the games. They're finding a lot of ways to get you to want to sign up for it. All the perks, uh, and that's how they can, you know, that means they can raise prices and you'll be locked in. Uh, speaking of Amazon, what do we know about this Alexa upgrade? Yeah, they had, an, they had an event today where they kind of talked about some updates to Alexa. And basically, Alexa is now going to be more conversational. So it, she's going to sound less robotic, but also the pauses in between asking Alexa a question, because usually when you ask a smart speaker a question, there's a little bit of a pause as it processes what you're asking. Those pauses are going to be shorter. And think of it as um, a chat GPT that can talk to you. So in the same way that you can ask chat GPT to plan an itinerary or write you a poem, you can now ask Alexa to do that as well. So it's kind of just the, the speaking version of ChatGPT. So, I, you know, in your office, what percentage of people are still uh, reverberating the news about the latest iPhone 15? I mean, it's all we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. That that's a blessing and a curse at the same time, right? It is. I'm waiting, you know, it's it's been fun, but it's 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 so funny that Amazon also had an event today because I was like, I can't even believe I'm shifting gears right now because we're still so deep in Apple and iPhone fifteen right now. So I just wonder how long does that go on? I mean, does it go on for weeks, a couple of months, or to die down to the regular number of hits your your website? I mean, how yeah. much information do we actually need on the phone once it's uh, once it's rolled out? That's a great question. I feel like it usually lasts a few weeks where we, you know, after the the phone comes out, we find out all these hacks and we're like, okay, now let's report on these little yeah. hacks that you can do with your phone. Or here's what we can do with like trade-ins. You know, a lot of people might be trading in their phones now. Um, so we kind of, you know, we're able to milk it for a while because there's still demand. People still have a lot of questions. So it'll probably be a few more weeks of us doing uh, in-depth coverage. You know, one one of the things you were talking about using in, in iOS 17, you can use your phone as like a smart device. You know, I've got yeah. a, I've got an old iPhone that I'm basically using now as a just as a a, a digital a d digital clock. Mm -hmm. Now, does after a while, d d does the digital clock burn into the screen, or can that roll for a while? Or what's your opinion on that? Yeah. So the cool thing about the standby mode um, is that if you have an iPhone 14 Pro or up with that always on display, 
it'll that display will stay on the entire time. So it's actually very uh, convenient. It's kind of at a glance you can look over and that clock is going to stay on there that time. Gonna, whatever you have, your your live updates about your DoorDash delivery, that'll just stay on the screen the whole time. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's good to know. All right. Yeah, it's really convenient. Well, you know what? Uh, we uh, we bonded over champagne, didn't we? I guess we, we did. Can. That's very cute. I'm happy to hear that you've actually made it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Ebrar, thanks for coming on the show today. As always, I do appreciate it. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin. This is Hotline Weekend. Oh, man, I love a couple of minutes to spend with Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. We'll do that now, talking all about fantasy football. Jeff, how are you doing today? Well, I was doing pretty well until about a half an hour ago until the Reds blew that lead against the Twins. Yeah, uh, yeah. Coop yeah. and I were lamenting over that. And, you know, love having September baseball that matters, but this is the consequence. It hurts a heck of a lot more when it, when things go sideways. Should the Reds have gone and gotten an established bat at the trading deadline now? Looking back on it, do you think that would have helped? I mean, no, I'm I seeing think... they're they're hitting like since the end of July as a team, they're hitting like 235 as a club. Yeah, you know, that's the problem with young, you know, relying on young breakout hitters is they'll slump too and they'll hit the rookie wall a little bit. Maybe, but I, I honestly still think that the move was to go fortify that bullpen more than just Sam Maul, who was the guy that came in after Diaz gave up the lead and then Maul made it worse. Uh, got mauled, if you will. Um, I just I think relievers were available out there on the market. Like guy like Scott Barlow was mm-hmm. easily attainable um, and just was not attained. Starting pitching was hard to find, and I get that. I get why they couldn't do that, although I still think they should have done that too. But, you know... It's it is what it is. I mean, I I, I think uh, we want to criticize the GM, but it's really it's got to have ownership that's really got to endorse all of that there too. You know, I wish I had time to talk to you about this about Jonathan India. I mean, he was one of the most popular players on the team at the beginning of the season. Not so much now. Yeah, well, I mean, he he's he was hurt. And actually, his injury is one of the reasons why they couldn't pull off a trade. Yeah. He would have been either prime trade bait or, you know, at least they he, they missed him for a while, his bat in the lineup. Um, yeah, uh, and it's, you know, he's a fine player. He's just not a good defender. And, you know, on a team, and with McLean hurt right now, they need him, too. I, I think the Matt McLean injury is actually pretty darn huge, too. All right, let's get into the, uh, let's get into fantasy football. Well, now we have the news that Saquon Barkley is out for the Giants tomorrow night, will not play against the Niners. Do you like any of the Giants fantasy wise in this matchup? Um, no, not really. Uh, starting left tackle Andrew Thomas is out. Their left guard is out. Uh, one of their top linebackers is out. Uh, all, you know, the injury update today for the Giants is pretty gruesome. Um, I, you know, I think, I mean, Darren Waller, you're going to start. Because, uh, let's face it, you don't have a better tight end available to you. So you're just going to roll with him. He might get force-fed 10 targets. So that, that could work for us. Of course, the Niners know that, too. They're yeah. going to cover him pretty well. Uh, we'll see. Uh, desperation, break class in case of emergency play is Matt Breida replacing Barkley. But as, as alluded to, with the missing offensive lineman like that, it's a pretty tough spot. I think a lot of players who have um, Daniel Jones as their QB1, you know, sometimes you have to start him. Uh, but I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a tough one tomorrow night against the Niners D. Yeah, you got to hope that he gets like a rushing touchdown in there yeah. somehow to kind of – Mollify things there a little bit, this could this could be a this could be a blowout. Um, I, I I we always do picks against the spread early in the week, and that, I saw the injury report right after I submitted my picks, and unfortunately can't change them. I, I had the uh, Giants, I think, at 
you know, at plus 10, and now I kind of wish it was the other way around. Let's talk. Because uh, I think this could be worse. Let's talk a little bit about the, the Browns running back situation. What's your take on uh, Kareem Hunt? Uh, how many carries do you think he will get now that he's back in Cleveland? I don't think he gets a lot this week, and I don't think he replaces Jerome Ford as the starter. Uh, I think Ford is still the guy to have for the rest of the season. Um, I, I think Hunt is maybe a guy that ultimately will go in on third down on passing situations. I think Ford is a little less tested there. Uh, might not be as qualified to run his routes, maybe not as great a pass pro guy. But we had diminishing returns on Kareem Hunt last year. Yeah, you know, he 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 was not very good in the second half of the season last year. Honestly, wasn't that great in the second half of twenty twenty one as well. So, I, I, my expectations for Cream Hunter are pretty low. I think there's opportunity there, but I don't know if the skill's that great. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on all that. I mean, if you remember at the end of the season last year, Cream Hunt was demanding a trade because he wasn't getting a chance to play. I just yeah. don't know how much different his role is going to be now. Right. I think there's a reason why he went unsigned this offseason. You know, he, you know, he is at one point in training camps, he went, you know, he was on the precipice of signing with the Saints. And then he was on the edge of signing with the Colts and walked away unhappy with both of those or walked away without a contract in both of those. I don't know if his, his workout or if it was he was dissatisfied with the offers he was receiving, but he got a one year, $4 million deal. Um, pretty clear that this is a rental for the Browns, too. And it, you know that even that's not even guaranteed. You know they could cut him two weeks in, you know two weeks into his contract, and he gets what he gets prorated. So I, I don't really think. Uh, you know I'm not. I, I think you should go out and get Jerome Ford. I do like his skills. I, you know that cutback running we saw on Monday night against the Steelers. I mean that that was a pretty skillful run. Um, I, I, I you know he had a hamstring injury in training camp, so he he didn't get the reps that we'd like to have seen. But I think Ford's a guy that could be a guy that you want the rest of your year. I mean, that Browns offensive line is really good. Oh, yeah. Good run-blocking line. You want some of this running game. You know what? I tried to add him in as many leagues as I could. Let's talk about some uh, some players that need to get right. Steelers, and we'll talk about their offense in a minute, but they're in Vegas this weekend against the Raiders. Is this the week Josh Jacobs gets off? I mean, he's been awful the first two games. I thought you were going to ask about Najee Harris. Who's oh, he's been worse. Um, uh, you know, uh I think he gets better, and you know, at least Jacobs is getting frequently targeted in the passing game. I mean, Jimmy checkdown Garoppolo is is his Huckleberry. I mean, that that part will work for him. Uh, but I think he gets incrementally better. I mean, it was never going to be a repeat of last year, right? I, and I don't think you, anyone was drafting him as such. You're seeing him still, even like before the holdout, you're seeing him go in the second round, uh, as opposed to the the top scoring running back last year. Uh, I think he gets better a little bit, but uh, I, you know, I think you know the time off didn't help him, and you know, just I think the circumstances kind of dictated too. Denver, Denver is not a great run defense, but it's not terrible either. And Buffalo, I, I think that might have been a tough spot too, especially once they fell behind, kind of abandoned the run a little bit, and you you can see Buffalo was selling out to stop the run too. What about Justin Fields of the Bears? Uh, how are you oh, feeling about him? Um, and this is this is as disappointing as it gets. I thought we'd see you know continued development, uh, you know, back to back games against the Bays, uh, and it didn't. And not exactly murderer's row there, and it didn't work out very well. The left tackle is out this week on, on IR. Braxton Jones, left guard is on IR. Uh, he's complaining about play calling from the coaching staff to the media. That that can't be great. Um, things are things are a mess right now. Uh, I, one of the things that really concerns me is the lack of designed runs. Uh, we're just not seeing those calls. That that's the that's why we drafted Justin Fields. Is his mobility 
and we're not they're not using it to its max potential. I don't know if they're trying to develop them more as a pocket passer or there's something else going on there. Maybe they, the, the the plays just aren't there. There's like it's a read and he's calling out the line to call out of it or something. But you know, I want to see more of him scrambling. That's what he's good at. Hey, you got about thirty seconds here. What's your take on Joe Burrow this week? I don't I don't think he plays. Um, I I think th- this calf injury is. Some they're just scared to death on reaggravation. That could be multiple weeks, could be a month if it's really bad. So I think they're going to treat him with kid gloves this week. All right, got to leave it there, Jeff. Thanks for your insight on fantasy football. As always, have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. This is Hotline Weekend. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin. And I'm going to get Jeff Petty on the show from the Grill Out, uh, the the pro wrestling podcast on the WCHS Network. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Dave? Hey, man. So what's your take on this big story today about SmackDown moving from Fox to NBC five years, $1.4 billion. It's a big story. A lot of people are talking about it. What's your take on it? I mean, I think it's honestly, I think it's a very good move because I was looking into, like, the, the numbers for the previous, uh, the, the previous deal with Fox. And it was around $208 million for five years going into next October 2024. Um, this one is roughly $280 million for five years. So it's roughly $1.4 billion. We don't have actual numbers on that. But I think it's honest. I think it's, it's, it's the best move. Now, the caveat right now is where does Monday Night Raw go? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not on there. It, it, they didn't release it. There's, been talks that maybe it's it's going to go somewhere else there's also been other talks about like uh uh, disney um amazon has been have some interest in wwe programming so it may go there but i'm not entirely for sure um but i do i I think this is honestly the the best move they can do especially after the merger they just had yeah i just wonder about that uh what's going to happen to raw what's going to happen to nxt I mean, there's a lot of questions here. Why is the stock down? Uh, TKO stock is down like 18% today. But, you know, on the bright side here, um, it is a five-year deal with a network, and now they're under the same umbrella that controls the uh, WWE network, so it's all in the Comcast family. I think that'll that's going to help with their synergy. Yeah, absolutely. Also, to add on to the deal that they just announced today, um, they will also be producing four primetime programs mm-hmm. a year for NBC. So whatever those programs might be, you might have a tribute to the troops. Um, they might bring back, you know, maybe an old pay-per-view name and just create a, a special episode for it. Um, but that's that's also adding adding into it. And on top of that, like, I don't know if you saw this, but on the back end of this announcement with, you know, with Monday Night Raw and everything – there's been talent releases today. Ah, I didn't know that. I did not know that. By the way, for our listeners who are like, hey, what channel is this going to be on? Is this going to affect me on Friday night? No, it's not. I mean, SmackDown is not going to move uh, over to USA until October of next year. Yes. Yeah, it will It will not be moving until October of 2024. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it. It's going to stay on Monday nights. Now, there has been some rumors. I can't confirm this, but there has been rumors that SmackDown may go to three hours like Monday Night Raw is now. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, well, tell me. I got about 75 seconds here, but I did want to hear about your podcast, The Grill Out. What kind of stuff do you talk about over there? 
Um, we it's it's me and and two good friends of mine from college. Um, we we talk about anything professional wrestling. I mean, we 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 give predictions on what the what the upcoming upcoming pay per view pay per view is going to be, like who we think is going to win there. Okay, keeping track of score. Um, we also give reactions to news and stuff. We also have another segment on there that's not really wrestling related, but it's one of the final segments of the show. It's called "Who You Gonna Grill," and it's basically you can. <laughs> In a way, shoot on anything or anybody within reason. Um, that's that's aggravating you. Like I, I think uh, it was either this past episode or the episode before that. I was sitting there complaining about people driving. So it, that's something that everybody's aggravated about. Hey man, that's great. That's great. So the, the grill out is on the WCHS network. It's a podcast. Man, you may have to do an emergency podcast about this SmackDown story. Oh, I, 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 I very well may have to. I do know the uh, the podcast, it usually comes out on Sundays between 4 to 5 on the WCHS Network, Spotify, Amazon Prime, Amazon Music, all of that. Um, and it, it, this is this is definitely going to be uh, going to be talked about on there. All right, Jeff. Um, I, may have to, I may have to get a couple other guys together. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. I do appreciate it. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 until 6. Syndicated over the air and online at wvmetronews.com. But I do want to get Kathy Matea on the show first to talk a little bit about Mountain Stage this weekend. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm, I'm do- having a great day. <laughs> uh, I'm. You know what? How, do you have any idea how much you've probably traveled in your life? Are we talking over a million miles? Well, I don't know. I'm not much of a counter, but I can tell you that my wanderlust is gone. Like <laughs> I have, I've been on all but two con- No desire to like make a bucket list and check them. I'm like, I'm not packing my suitcase just so I can check something off a list. I'm just not going to do it. I, hear I like you. being home. I like being home. Well, let me ask you, how did, this, how did this weekend of shows in Franklin, Tennessee for Mountain Stage come, uh, come to be? Well, there's a, there, um, we feel like, you know, these, this is our family, you know, yeah. is, these are, we've supported the artists, they've supported us and it's a lot, it's, you know, we have a, a long standing love with a lot of them and, and with this format of music. So it feels right to be here. Now the show on Sunday is sold out, correct? But there's tickets available for Saturday. There, as of this morning, there were 10 seats <laughs> that are available for Saturday. Well, let's try so, to move those yeah. in this segment. <laughs> Yeah, someone's going to have to take a drive and decide to make a weekend out of it. But, you know, it's a good time to come down. All right. So w- which night is Larry, uh, uh, let, let's see, who is on, who's on Saturday's show? Saturday's show is Sam Bush, uh, Chris Pierce, who's a singer-songwriter, writes a lot of socially conscious stuff, doing very well. Sarah Lee Guthrie, who's Woody Guthrie's granddaughter, mm-hmm. Arlo Guthrie's daughter. Elizabeth Cook who is a force of nature. She has a radio show on Sirius FM called Apron Strings and a, a, a fishing show on the Circle Network. Nice. But she also is just like, you know, if it was a different time, she'd be like the modern Loretta Lynn. And then our headliner on Saturday night is Steve Earle, who is just, you know, one of the greats. And Sunday's show is a big show, too. Yeah, Sunday's headliner is Jason Isbell. Man. And he, he has this, album out called weather veins that's just you know just taking the world by storm right now he just finished uh he's kind of winding up his tour and he's coming in to do a solo set for us which is really really very sweet of him 
Um, Tracy Nelson is on the show. She just put out her first album in 13 years, and I get to sing with her, so I'm very excited about that. Um, Todd Snyder's on, one of our big faves who's been on the show almost as much as anybody, who is also a force of nature, storyteller, raconteur, and just, you know, you get to watch him hold an audience spellbound. Uh, a new guy called Adeem the Artist, who is making waves right now, starting to make some noise, going to open for Jason Isbell some this fall, got handpicked to open for Neil Young on his latest tour. Nice. And then the Band of Heathens is also on. So we have, we have quite a lineup for two days. All right, let's play a little bit of Sarah Lee Guthrie singing I've Got to Know, uh, a song with lyrics by Woody Guthrie. I mean, I was just listening to a Woody Guthrie CD the other night of his children's songs that he wrote. That was really great. Here, here is Sarah Lee Guthrie, Coop. Let's hear, have some of this. I've got to know, yes, I've got to know, friends. Hungry lips ask me wherever I go. Comrades and friends all falling around me. I've got to know, yes, I've got to know. Why do your warships ride on my waters? Why do your death bombs fall from my skies? Why do you burn my farm and my town down? I've got to know, yes, I've got to know. So Sarah Lee Guthrie, she will be on the show, Mountain Stage. That will be on Saturday. And you mentioned Todd Snyder. He's great. That'll be uh, Todd's on uh, Sunday, right? He's on Sunday, yes. Okay. Here is uh, Todd Snyder with Beer Run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, Beer Run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, Beer Run. All you need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer A couple of frat boys from Abilene drove out all night to see Robert Earl Keane at the K-Pix Wine and Soiree Dance. They wore baseball caps and khaki pants. They wanted cigarettes, so to save some money, they got one off these hippies that smelled kind of funny. Next thing they knew, they were both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. <laughs> B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer rhyme. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer rhyme. All you need is a ten and a fiver, a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer ride. There you go. Now that song has got to be coming on Sunday night, right? Found a store with signs. I don't know. It's, it's a fa- longtime favorite of his, but he doesn't do it every time because he has hundreds of signs and hundreds of stories. It's just whatever happens in the moment with him. Oh, that is Which great. Is what Mountain Stage is all about, you know, it's all about that that live performance chemistry. Hey, um, there is a fundraiser for Mountain Stage that'll be a J.Q. Yeah. Dickinson Salt Works in Malden. That will be next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, okay. 6 to 9, there'll be a farm-to-table style dinner from 1010 Bridge. Special auction items. Uh, the Jesse Milnes Band. Tessa Dillon. Chance McCoy. That sounds like a good time. It'll be really fun. They're trying to raise some extra money to upgrade the equipment, the sound equipment and some of the recording equipment. Um, and so that's what this is for. If you want to, if you want to come out and have a good time and support Mountain Stage, I'll be there. All right. Larry will be there. Band will all be there, and uh, 
you can get the details on our website, mountainstage.org. Sounds good. Hey, Kathy, you have a good day, and enjoy the, enjoy the shows on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Thank you very much, Dave. All right. You too. Kathy Matea. This is Hotline Weekend. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin. Coop, I need the music. Ah, yeah, when you hear that, you know that the video game report is coming. So, Ryan, what have you been working on? What's in your video game report today? Dave, it's great to be back on Metro News Hot Dog. How's that fox hot, fox dog hybrid doing? <laughs> Any was, new word on that? That was so much fun. We, uh, Ryan, you brought it up. We did have some people who took, uh, took umbrage to your statement yesterday mm-hmm. about... Uh, the fox being a relative of the cat. Yes. Okay, so I'm sure you've heard about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's actually um, a fox is a member of the canine family. But I digress. It's not. It's a it's a member of the vulpes family. Isn't it? I, I digress. Yeah, a, a fox is. Anyway, uh, our listeners. Anyway, uh, anyway our, our some texters are, are looking for you. They're okay. looking for you. What is up in the video game world? All right. Let's uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about Microsoft. Hot off their uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard, Mm -hmm. they're looking for other companies to purchase. And in a leaked document, an email between Phil Spencer, the Microsoft Gaming CEO, and Satya Nadella, the Microsoft CEO, they want to purchase uh, Nintendo, the big Japanese gaming company, which which I would say with... Uh, enough certainty that is it is one of the oldest video game companies in the world, <laughs> operating like I'd say before World War II. Uh, but back then they were a toy maker; they weren't really video games. But still, they're old. And I, I want to say this before we get any further: this is a near impossibility. There are so many hurdles. If you think like Activision Blizzard wasn't going to go through, which I thought, and that blew up in my face. Uh, this is actually not going to go through. This is an American company acquiring a Japanese company and the Japanese government very protective of their own assets. So this already internationally, so many hurdles to go through and still it's it's a big mess the, if, if they want to get this done. The story, though, is that the the person in question phil spencer phil spencer he sent this email i'm looking at it right now mm-hmm. and the the first sentence out of the email it's really interesting he says uh i totally agree that nintendo is the prime asset for us in gaming and today gaming is our most likely path to consumer relevance mm-hmm. he's absolutely right about that he is right but it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, it would be nice for me to have a gold-plated watch and a gold-plated <laughs> car and fly to work every day in a helicopter. True. But it's not going to happen. Let me let us let me ask you this. What kind of money are we talking about to buy Nintendo? Billions. I'd say billions of dollars. Just Not just from the company value itself, but also the fact that it's an international company. And you have to, like... Cross border stuff. It's, it's a whole mess. Like, I, here, let me throw some numbers at you. Okay. Market share numbers. So, in Japan, the market share for the console gaming market, uh, Microsoft is, or Xbox specifically, is 4.47%. The rest, 95.5%, is PlayStation. 
and Nintendo is 0.03%. Now you're thinking, wow, that's not a lot for Nintendo's home country, but when you get into game publishing, Nintendo shoots up to 32.98, which is the biggest game publisher in Japan. And Nintendo is more popular in America than it is in Japan. And right now, in America, Xbox is at 50% market share, PlayStation, real close, 49%. The other 1% is Nintendo and all the other independent consoles. So, uh, right now, Xbox has just the slimmest of slim majorities in the gaming market. And if they want to keep it, acquiring Nintendo is a good idea. But it's just not possible. All right. So the story is that Microsoft was interested in buying Nintendo. Yes. This was uh, confirmed in this email that emerged from 2020. Yes. In August. In August of uh, 2020. Let's just say that for whatever reason, Nintendo wanted to make this deal, mm -hmm. wanted to make this massive deal, which you say would never happen yes. with, with Microsoft. Would this uh, be a, a deal that would get past regulators? I, I mean, after what it. happened with the Activision deal? I heavily doubt it. Like I said before, Japan, more so than like America and Europe, very protective of their country. They're in close proximity to South Korea and China, both huge tech powerhouses right now. So they have to like fight tooth and nail to make sure that no other foreign companies come in and scoop up their industries. Here's, here's another question. I mean, if suddenly Nintendo, for whatever reason, decided that it wanted to be sold mm -hmm. or was interested in taking offers, I mean, I, who else would be in there besides Microsoft to try to acquire them? Who well, would have the capital that could do that? And Sony. I, I mean, I just said PlayStation is 95.5% of the Japanese market. Sony is also a Japanese company, merger would be easier, arguably, uh, now here's the thing, Xbox, big seller in America, big seller in China, everywhere else, a few European states, big seller, everywhere else, PlayStation, Russia, PlayStation, Australia, PlayStation, all the African countries, PlayStation, South America, PlayStation, like we're talking to, PlayStations are everywhere. Microsoft looks niche compared to PlayStation, but, so Sony, has the biggest chance of acquiring Nintendo. And even now, even present day, Sony does not want to buy Nintendo. All right. Because Nintendo does not want to sell. Because they want to make games. Man, that's a really, really interesting topic. Ryan, thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate that. This is Hotline Weekend. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin. Here's a man who knows his way around a meal. That would be Pat Strader. Pat, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, Dave. Happy Beer Friday. Happy Beer Friday today uh, to you as well. Hey, man, before we get started, how'd you end up doing at the pit game last week? Oh, man, what a great win. That was that just made me smile from ear to ear. There's Feels good, nothing, doesn't it? Yeah, there's just nothing like beating pit, you know? <laughs> I know, that's so true. It's such a simple <laughs> thing, but it does feel so good. All right, let's get into the beer. And let's start with Weathered Ground. What do you got? Man, we got a lot to talk about today. We do. And so Weathered Ground, <clears throat> this is really interesting. Um, they are releasing a small batch uh, wet hop IPA. There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, and this is called Thunder 75. So the wet hopped um, means that they, these are fresh hops, literally coming off the vines. 
They say they were grown by their friend Jason in Barbersville. So um, they're not dried. They're not processed. They're literally just picked off the vines and put into this beer. Um, and, and this wet hop style is, is a classic um, kind of a fall style as, as the, the hops are coming off. Um, but it's called Thunder 75. They see Jason, the guy that grew the, or grew the hops, rather, is a big Marshall fan. Um, and this is a, a hat tip to the 75 that were lost in the plane crash. So a lot happened in here, but Sunday at 2 p.m., weathered ground. Uh, get down there and try this wet hopped IPA. Nah, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it sounds good. And uh, the herd hopefully will be celebrating a victory over Virginia Tech tomorrow. Hey, let me give you a, a question from Emery. Emery okay. sent this in. He goes, Hey, Dave, please ask Pat how I could score some real mead, the kind the Vikings drank. Uh, made from honey. And, in, and he says, in case I don't have the radio on, could someone please text me a reply? I enjoy your show. That's from Emery. All right, where can he get some real mead? Yeah, so there's a couple of places here in West Virginia, and I, I don't have all this information here uh, in front of me, but if you just do a, a simple Google search, uh, there are a number of different places here in West Virginia that are making legit mead. Mead. Um, Yep. So it's, you know, it's a very classic, uh, you know, it's, the honey is, is used, you know, for the fermentation to, to, you know, kind of create that alcohol. So it's like, it's a, it's, if you've never had mead, it's interesting. It's really thick. Um, it, you know, it's not for everybody, but you know, folks that love it absolutely adore it. So yeah, just, just do a quick search. Um, for mead made in West Virginia, and you, you'll you'll find a number of different folks that are doing it. Coop, I've never had it. Yeah, that, that's one of those things that that growing up, uh, you know, I was old school like D and D player and stuff. You know, and, <laughs> nice. And, uh, me and some of my friends that were like theater guys, and so they talk about uh, you know uh, mead and Shakespeare and stuff all the time. You know, uh, the first time we got to an opportunity where we could uh, try some mead, we had some. Yeah, like Pat said, that was a wise caution. Make sure you know what you're drinking and that you think you might like it, because if you think it's like oh. Oh, this is old timey beer, and eh, that's not really what it is. Uh, and, right. it's, and it's potent too. It right? is very it potent. Is. All right, I hope Emery. I hope that helped you out in your search for mead. Tell me about the uh, fo- uh, the folk tober fest. Yeah, so tomorrow at, at Free Folk in Fayetteville, okay, in their tap room in Fayetteville. I want to stress that because we I know we talk about uh, they're having two locations, but they are. Celebrating the fall season, they're releasing their Marzen, their Oktoberfest. Um, they have a lot of food and music going on. One of the things that stood out to me here, Dave, talking about food, is they're, they're going to have featuring Angelo's Italian sausages, which oh. is, anybody out there has never had those, you oh. need to seek them out and try them because they're fantastic. But, uh, yes, beer, beer release for their Marzen, food, music, can't beat it. Coop, what did you say about this? This is your neighbor? Uh, Sonny Argento is their authenticity specialist. He's the uh, patriarch of the family, I believe, and he's my neighbor. Nice. They used to they used to uh, uh, encase the sausage from his garage right behind my house. It's deli- <laughs> it's really good stuff, man. I'm glad that they have distribution. They're getting it out there now. It's really good stuff. Oh, man. They are fantastic. Man. You know, I could turn the rest of this whole segment on about sausage. <laughs> but I can get Sonny in here. He, I, I, I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, no, we I'll need to do that. Yeah, I'll walk over. I'll, I'll invite him on. Yeah, we, I'd love that. All right, let's talk about Morgantown Brewing. Glow in the dark internet. Yeah, you know, I love uh, the folks there at Morgantown Brewing. They're, they're really creative. They're a little bit out there, a little kooky, and that's why we love them. But uh, they have 
glow-in-the-dark internet is here. Uh, they say that this has been aging for 10 months in Kentucky bourbon barrels from Heaven Hill Distillery. Uh, so, you know, they describe this of whiskey, oak, Oreo cookies, and roasted coffee. Uh, so if you like big, burly, barrel-aged beers, uh, glow-in-the-dark internet sounds like it's right up your ass. i tell you what, Pat, you got some good stuff today, man. This, uh, let's keep it going uh, with Oktoberfest at the Peddler. Yeah, we've been talking about this for weeks now, and the Peddler is releasing their Oktoberfest. Uh, this is, they describe it as a classic style fermented cold and lagered for a full 12 weeks. So it's, a uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's an expensive beer to make when you do the true lagering like that. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for, uh, the Peddler Oktoberfest if you're heading down to Huntington for the, the game against, uh, Virginia Tech. Pat, we have breaking mead in West Virginia news. Um, uh, 304-319, a listener just sent me a note. Healthberry Farm in Dry Fork in Tucker County makes mead. So there there's you there you go. There you go. It's out there. you got to hunt for it, but it is out there. All right, uh, we're moving on here, and let's talk a little bit about what's going on at Big Timber. Yeah, so, you know, we're talking about weather ground and the wet hop ales, which, you know, gosh, Dave, when you and I first started talking about this, to be talking about uh, a wet hop ale being made here in West Virginia, let alone two, I, I would have been like, oh, that's going to be really great when we get to that point. Uh, but Big Timber has released their 2023 Wild and Wonderful West Virginia Wet Hop. Nice. Um, and again, these are hops that are straight off the binds. They're not dry. They're not pelletized. And, and it does impart um, a really unique flavor to it. I, I absolutely love these wet hop styles. So, uh, if you happen to be around Elkins, stop in there, Big Timber. Uh, they do have it in cans, so keep an eye out for that on the shelves, too. Whoa, but what a beautiful can. You know, yeah. What a beautiful can. It's, it's a white... It's a white can uh, with the with blue West Virginia wet hop and then the outline of the state and Big Timber, their logo. It's sharp. Coop, you got something? Yeah. I was just saying there was more questions that came over the text line. Oh, really? Uh, let me get a quick one in here. Let's see here. Uh, okay, uh, here's another one. Uh, tell Emery to check out Wandering Wind Meadry uh, in Charleston. So there you go. There's yeah. another place that's got, that's got the mead. Uh, oh, here's another one. 304481. Pat, do you have any sources for the uh, the Country Roads Trust Logger? Boy, I tell you what. Well, go to the game. Yeah. Um, you know, you can buy it in the stadium. And, you know, I think that uh, that beer has been so popular that they're really – um, working hard just to keep up with production just for the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know that a lot of people have been looking for it. I haven't seen it on the shelves here in the southern part of the state. That doesn't mean that it's not. Um, but I would just be patient and, you know, when all else fails, go to the stadium. All right. Well, Pat, <laughs> unless you've got more stories about Italian sausages, this segment's a wrap, man. Hey, man, I can toss sausage all night long. <laughs> I know <day>. you can. <laughs> I know you can. Hey, what's in your hand or what will be there soon? Nothing right yet. I got to go pack all the tailgate stuff up, so I'm, I'll have to sample a few of the beers that I'm putting in the cooler just to make sure that they're nice and fresh for tomorrow. Hey, man, that's just the vig. You just got to you got to do it. <laughs> hey, thanks, Pat, and I'll talk to you next Friday at four thirty-three. This is Hotline Weekend. So that's what we're doing today. Let's get started with buy or sell. Quick note on buy or sell. Today's a three-man weave because uh, Jared had to get back on the road because he's got a game tonight. 
He's yeah. got Nitro and Wayne. And now they're in a traffic jam. Yeah, so, so now uh, that hay wagon. they left early. Darn that hay wagon. It's going haywire. Yeah, hay wagon, hay well, wire. if anything was to catch on fire, it would be a hay wagon. You got that right. Hay now. Hay now. I like what you said there, Coop. What's, what's your topic? Oh, you want to start with me. Okay. <laughs> so if you look at your hand, I used to live in Michigan for a while. So if you look at your hand and you take your middle finger and you go up to that <laughs> oh, crease. Oh, I like where this is going. And you take that crease right, up, right at your uh, top knuckle of your middle finger yeah. that's approximately where gaylord michigan is okay so it's nice not, it's not quite to the up so in bailey township michigan which is uh in, within the gaylord imprint a woman had to be rescued from an outhouse toilet after she climbed in the toilet to retrieve her dropped apple watch <laughs> the incident occurred in the department of natural resources boat launch in dixon lake first responders were alerted when the woman was heard yelling up from the toilet in the outhouse they removed the toilet the toilet that she had climbed into for her Apple Watch and used a strap to pull her out. State police advised against attempting to retrieve items from the outhouse toilets due to the risk of serious injury. Yes, I would say so. It was not disclosed whether she actually got the watch back or not. So with that in mind, my buy-sell question today is, buy or sell, there is an item that you would drop in an outhouse toilet and you would climb in to retrieve. And if the answer is yes, I need to know what it is. Okay. Okay, two things. Number one, that story almost made the show today as a hotline hot mess, <laughs> but I, I thought it was too gross to use. Nice. But, but you felt strong enough about this to put it in this segment, and I applaud you for that. Yeah. I applaud yeah, you for I that. Told, I, I gave Ryan a hint earlier. Okay. The other thing is, <laughs> when you were describing the state of Michigan, you dropped a UP reference. Yes. Okay. There are a lot of people who are listening to this show who are thinking, what does that even mean? That is true. Okay, that so is probably that's, true. You know, that, that was kind of sly how you did that. UP stands for Upper Peninsula. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about Michigan. So the, the topic is, uh, your buy or sell topic is, there is something... That you have, that you own, that you own, that you would go into an outhouse toilet floor to, to retrieve, to yes. retrieve, and if the answer is uh, buy, you got to know. I got to know what it you is. You got to yeah. know what yeah. it is, like wedding ring or something. I would, you know. Man, wow, wow, you know, I think if I if I lost my wallet in there, I might I might try to get it back, but that's about it. If it was a watch, would you try a stick first? Man, well, here's you know, it's got a loop Coop, on it, right? you know me. Man, I'm wearing my high school graduation watch. Yeah, I okay, know. Okay, from back in the dark ages. I have, I have kept that thing. I have had that thing fixed multiple times. But if I drop that into an outhouse toilet, I'm sorry. I got to get a new watch. My wife would never believe this story if it was my wedding ring. Well, so, I here's, mean, here's the thing. How do you drop a watch? Isn't it, you know, attached to your wrist? But what uh, what if uh, something happens and, like, the band breaks and drops What right if you in? have a health condition and you take it off to, like, do some kind of programming <laughs> thing while you're on the toilet? <laughs> what if you just have a skinny wrist? That's true. Or the, or the, or the, oh, okay, the band broke, and that's also why you couldn't use a stick to try to retrieve it. Yeah. Mm. So, what about, what about something like your driver's license? Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's pop, yeah. but you can always get a new one. I mean, if you I don't know, need but, it right away. But what if you're like at a concert or something, a massive concert? Could be. Okay, and you got to fly home. I was also thinking something life saving like an EpiPen. Like if somebody yeah. was having, uh, was in some sort of a shock and you needed right. to, uh, to get something like that. How about you, Ryan? Is there anything that you would go get? Uh, that's an easy question. My phone, it has all my secrets on it. 
I won't elaborate any further. <laughs> so you you would you would definitely go get that phone? Yes, man. I, th- I think at I least, would have to cash at, in the insurance. At least uh, the uh, data card on it. You know least. what? One of our listeners just responded, Amy, on Twitter. She goes, "The only way she would go in there is if her child fell in." <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. One. That's a pretty. That's good, a good one. That is a pretty good one, man. That's 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 tough stuff. Yeah. You know good. what? We should we should reference the UP every show. Hey, I, uh, uh, that's we, pretty good stuff. I've been there. We could do it. All right, uh, Ryan. What do you got? All right. So school, it's a difficult time for us all. And nowadays, rules are just getting so weird. Like, you ever had to write an essay, Dave? You had to write it in a certain format, you know? Yeah. Well, a a lot of different formats exist nowadays. And on Reddit, on r slash grade school, the grade school, or sorry, grad school, grad school subreddit, uh, someone just asked a simple, innocent question. How do I cite a dream hat slash hallucination in APA 7th format? So they were writing a research paper and they wanted to cite a vision that they had. Now, just let that ruminate in your head for a bit. Someone wanted to, on an official research paper, cite a dream or a vision something that arguably has no basis in reality. So, buy or sell. Citing a dream or vision in an official document or research paper. That's a tough one. The, <laughs> the, the, the way around that would be somehow you'd have a research paper that would be about those types of things. Yes. Okay, say for example... You um, you thought you had a well you didn't th- you were convinced that you um, had seen a ghost mm-hmm. or whatever and then the research paper would be something about how you should uh, you know flesh out these these sightings. But what if the research <clears throat> paper isn't about that? What if it's like, <laughs> oh, this is the. A, a record of clam populations in a certain bay, yeah, and that, it's like, yeah, that's not working for population me. has been going up, but I had a vision that says it's going to go down. Yeah, there you go. I mean, global that does not need to be in your research paper about climate change. Okay? Research paper has to pass peer review to some degree. There's well, different types true. of citing, and I don't think that something like that would necessarily make peer review. And what if your peer doesn't have that dream? That's just going to make it e- so much harder to fact check. Uh, that's true. However, uh, uh, like Dave, if you're thinking outside the box here a little bit, even if you're talking about you know the migration of clams or whatever it is that, that you mean, <laughs> if you if you had some sort of vision that you then submitted for study that was about some sort of clams thing, there is a possibility that if there was a result to that study <laughs> that was somehow relevant, that maybe you could cite that in your responses somehow. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how relevant it would actually be. Yeah, uh, I would probably. My my joke answer would be put it near the end. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay. Like uh, by that time, uh, make sure that you're resource heavy, and then put it at the end. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what they basically do, right? I mean, they say that about your uh, uh, your resume. A person only looks at like the the first page of your resume. They never get to like page three. So make everything on your resume. Same thing in a research report. Just stick it like second, third to the last paragraph. Put that part in there about seeing a UFO or whatever. Yeah, that seems right. All right. Um, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, primetime Deion Sanders just a little bit. I so, don't. Well, I, know you, <laughs> I know you don't. But college football, we talked about this earlier, about they've got a huge game tomorrow at Colorado. And man, they're three touchdown underdogs, Coop. 
Travis Hunter's not going to be able to play in this game. They think he's going to be out three, three games, maybe more after that incident against Colorado State last Saturday night. Man, I'm looking at Colorado. I'm looking at Colorado's schedule. They got nine games left, and six of those games are against ranked teams this week. They're playing uh, Oregon and Southern Cal back to back. Now, buy or sell. The, the the prime story is going to take some hits, but it is without question the biggest story in college football this year. No matter what happens the rest of the way. Did you have a dream about this? I didn't. Have, maybe I should have. I had a vision. This would kind of be relevant for a vision. I, I guess mean, you could you could come yeah. up with something. So it's it's going to take a hit. It's going to take a hit. But the the primetime Deion Sanders story at Colorado will be when we talk about college football at the end of the season. It will be the biggest story of the year, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Probably uh, college football has lacked a narrative for a while. Honestly, I mean. Uh, um, what what's really the last narrative you could think about for a season of college football? You know, I mean, when's the last great player that we were anticipating winning a Heisman? Yeah. Or uh, you know, the I mean, I guess you could consider Georgia a great uh, dynasty at this point. They're resurgence, you know. You know uh, so I mean, that's a story, but it's kind of an old story now. You know, they're just winning all their games. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that the people want narratives and they want a story. Uh, Primetime has a lot of stuff going for him that, uh, like it or not, uh, it's things that people engage with, whether negatively or positively. Um, I think you're right. I think it's 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 going to take start taking some hits. Um, it's one thing to bring all these players in that are you know uh, fast on the ball players that that will run your offense and maybe catch some people with uh, with their speed and execution and things like that. It's one thing to bring a bunch of these kids in and and, and beat Colorado State in overtime. It's another thing when you start going to five star centrals like USC yeah. and Oregon and stuff like that. They, they got some ball players that's going to go there. Like they like to say they got some dogs over there, and uh, it might be a little bit of a reality check. That does not the, the story about primetime though should not necessarily be wins or losses is the thing. It's more of a, a culture of the locker room, and I don't. It's not that I absolutely love it. I think there's some pluses and minuses to the culture that he brings to the to the locker room and stuff like that. But that is the story, and I think that story is going to stick with it. So yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, the thing isn't completely positive, and I think one of the things that's going to be interesting over the next few weeks is how we deal with losses by Colorado right. and maybe some beatdowns how prime handles that I and how his and frankly how his kid handles it and and because he's he's getting interviewed just as much as prime is for the most part yeah. and how's that going to go all right well Ryan do you have a thought on this or we or should we wrap it well you know I'm not going to jump into an outhouse for the guy so I think I'll sell <laughs> fair enough that's yeah, a fair. Prob- that's a probably a good place to stop all right that's buy or sell this is hotline weekend tap subscribe now And let the weekend begin. Metro News Hotline, weekdays from 3 until 6. Syndicated over the air and online at wvmetronews.com.
This is Hotline Weekend. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin.
This is Hotline Weekend. Tap subscribe now and let the weekend begin.
This is Hotline Weekend.